This isn't the question, it's a letter. I'm going to read the whole thing, but it's quite long. I have a question about if and how to be active in Miftsayim. Sometimes when I sit next to someone on the plane, who I know maybe, maybe or is Jewish, and I was brought up with the notion this is our responsibility to initiate a conversation with him, if he doesn't himself, to forge a relationship with him, hoping to inspire him to do a mitzvah. And he seems to try and ignore me. I just feel that he has a negative association with people dressed in chassidic garb. He doesn't want someone intruding into his personal life, asking him if he's Jewish or asking him to do something Jewish. This is especially so since I am not an extra by nature, in which case any attempt at miftsayim is a struggle. And it seems that when one fights his nature in this area, it really doesn't come out right. On the other hand, I sometimes feel this awesome responsibility because this is how we connect our Rebbe. This is how we are his shluchim, and this is how we bring Mashiach. I also really wonder if I should feel to, it to be my obligation to ask anyone I walk by or who walks by me. When I am outside, go to the store, or by a rest stop, and there's a chance that he's a Jew. I almost feel guilty when he walks by and I didn't ask, and I wonder, should I? Why is it that I don't feel anyone doing that? Maybe very chassidish bachrim, but not shluchim, etc. Especially when it's hard for me, I feel that there has to be some geder. Okay, you got the question? The question basically is, time is hard for me. time is very hard for me. And um, I feel terrible when I miss opportunities to do Miftzayim. And often when I attempt to do Miftzayim, I feel like the people I'm reaching out to resent my intrusion. And I'm almost, quote, making a Chil Hashem, end quote. Now let me begin with two little stories. First is a story with a woman whose name is Louise Hagar, I believe, Mrs. Hagar. Her husband's name was Ephraim Hagar, Oliver Shalom. Mrs. Hagar, I'm sorry, I do not know her Hebrew name, was a granddaughter of the Rebbe Chaim Mushka. She met the Rebbe Chaim Mushka in the 1960s as a seven-year-old girl. And the Rebbe Chaim Mushka was very close to her throughout all of her life. As she grew up and she went to college and when she got married and she was raising her children. And they, they were incredibly close. She used to write letters to the Rebbe and they would speak on the phone all the time. You may have seen that incredibly sweet story where she calls up the Rebetzin a very short time before Chavez Shvat and she asks the Rebetzin what's wrong and the Rebetzin said everything is fine and she says I'm coming and the Rebetzin says no don't come you have little children you have your husband and she says no I'm coming and she came and uh, she remembers the goodbye she went shopping and she came the Rebetzin asked her about her shopping and now she left the house and the Rebetzin stood in the window and waved to her and then she literally passed away I don't know if it was weeks or days after she had this incredible schus and she talked to the Rebbe on the phone all the time. So the story, one of the stories she tells is that when the Rebbe started Sivas Hashem, the Rebbe asked her, how is Sivas Hashem faring in London, in England? And she tried to explain to the Rebbe with the different activities that were going on and different efforts that were being made. So the Rebbe says to her, my husband had a good idea. This was a brilliant idea. And she said to the Rebbe, I need to say to you, that I'm not one of those super women who could be out on the street and asking people to do Miftsayim and then come home and look after their children, look after their husbands and cook and clean and all the rest. And she basically said to the Rebbe, it's hard for me, exactly what you're saying in your letter, that it's very difficult for me. And the Rebbe answered her by saying, everybody has different chushim. And I'm paraphrasing and I hope I'm not misquoting. But the Rebbe said everybody has different gifts. 
And if this is not your gift, in other words, if this is hard for you, there's another way you could be a chassid. There's not one way for all of us. And the Rebbe sort of told her not to feel too bad about her inability to stop people on street corners and do miftsayim. And she can be a chassid using different uh, methods. That's basically what the Rebbe told her. This is the first story. It's a very telling story, and it's, it's quite helpful, I think. And then there's a second story, which is unbelievable. There was a chassid who, whose granddaughter I married. His name was Reb Nissen Nemenov. Reb Nemenov was an unbelievable chassid shayid. He was a servant of God. He was a knecht, the Eved Shalakadosh Baruch who measured every machshav of He was really a chassid. I mean, was he a benyani? Perhaps. But he, he certainly was one of those people that was in the discussion about benyani. And he had a very hard time. He had a very hard time with the Rashvi. He had a very hard time with the Rebbe and Mifzayim. It was all very difficult for him. And a lot of Bokram had huge tightness to him. Um, it took him, from what I understand, now I, I never met him, even though I married his granddaughter, but I married his granddaughter many years after he passed. It took him many years to embrace it. He never became comfortable with it. He never reached a point where he himself you know, he was a he was bitterly, was remained something very difficult for him, but he reached a point in his life where he knew that this is his kashras. If I'm a chaser of this Reb, I need to do Miftsayim. And there's a story that they tell that he came to New York for some occasion and he fabrained in New York and he told the story that he was sitting on an airplane and he was sitting opposite another Yid and he had a conversation with him and he discovered that this person was a Jew and he asked the person to put on film and the person refused and Abnissen talked to him the entire flight and the man refused and Abnissen cried and he said if a 16 year old Bokhar would have approached this man I'm telling you he would have listened and he said he admitted he says and the reason is because I'm lacking in whatever it is that gives us the koiches that come from the Rebbe to be able to do this I think it's a very interesting so it's a it's a deep story it's a meaningful story now as far as your question is concerned so much of how people perceive us is a reflection of how we perceive ourselves there are more people than you suspect who do what you say is very hard to do they literally wherever they are they're on Miftzayim they're on a trip they're on a vacation they meet a Jew they stop what they're doing they put on film they say hello they say Advartere The basis for their ability to do what's hard for you and what's hard for me is their amuna. They're, they're so connected to the Rebbe that they just know they need to do this. Or to say it in the Rebbe's words, they understand very clearly that they're doing a favor for this other Yid by asking him to put on film rather than that Yid is doing them a favor putting on film for them. And that is a, is a, is a, it's, it's a, it's a meditation. It's, a, it's an avoider. It's a... It's a work that we need to do on ourselves to be this connected to the Rebbe and to the Yehavta that we should understand this is actually for the benefit of that person. I'm going to say to you in very plain words, if you meet a Jew who's not from, who's hungry, who's cold, who's sick, you're not going to approach them and offer them help because uh, they're not from? Of course you will. Now what would happen if this person is cold or sick and doesn't know it? He's in denial. And if you're going to approach them and you're going to ask them to do, to put on a coat or to eat some food or to go inside and they're going to be upset, you're not going to do it. That's a double illness. When a person is sick and don't know that they're sick, they're double sick. And the Rebbe taught us when a person is missing Yiddishkeit, he's spiritually ill. And the number one reason for Miftzayim is you have to when you find a Yid, you do a mitzvah with him, you're doing his neshama an incredible favor. 
And of course, this is in addition to the second idea of mitzvah, gereres mitzvah, etc. But the simple idea is when I look at that Jew and I have to put fill on that yid, I don't believe that I'm actually doing him a favor. I think he's doing me a favor. And then that doesn't work. But if I understand that I'm doing him a favor because he needs these tefillin more than I need to put them on, then I approach it in a whole different way. And you're right, it's a personality thing also. Some people just have a chutzpah, a breitkeit, a boldness, and the people who have that chutzpah, breitkeit, and boldness don't feel like they're being looked down upon. They feel very powerful. And when somebody talks back, they're not this bold, they know how to give it back, and they understand how to navigate, how to communicate to that other person that I'm offering you something that's really for your benefit and not for mine. But not everybody's like that. Not everybody's like that. It's true. So what's the Geder? What's the Geder? I mean, the Geder in this and in everything like it, you know, it's the same question about anything in Yiddishkeit. The answer is you do your best. Do the best you can. And what I would suggest is that if Miftsoyim is hard for you, do it for a short time. That's what I would say. Do it for a short time, maybe for five minutes. But during those five minutes, you throw yourself into it completely. In other words, rather than do Miftsoyim for two hours and feel the whole time humiliated and belittled and disadvantaged, do it for a short time, but for those few minutes, you convince yourself that I'm doing the person I'm asking to put on Tilna Teva. And over time, you can lengthen the period of time that you do that for. It can become a longer period of time because you get better at it. And like everything else, it's a learnable skill. I don't think a person who's naturally an introvert will ever reach a point where he'll do Miftsoyim with the same shturim as somebody who's naturally very, very extroverted. But the truth of the matter is, when you appreciate the idea of his kashras, you understand that there's no there's no limitations. Rebbe Sachoset, the Rebbe needs this done. The Rebbe wants me to do this. When I think about there's nothing that I can do. The famous story with Rabbi Reichik that they went to the White House to meet the president. And there were many shluchim. And the shluchim are chsidish hidden. But, but ultimately, you know, it's impressive to be in the White House. And Rabbi Reichik found a yid. He took him into a closet in the White House, in whatever it's called, the West Wing. I don't know what it's called. And he put film on him. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's my mission. I'm here to put film on Yid, and the president is here, and Allah Gutezachan, but my is laying film. Now, Berachik was not an extrovert. Berachik was a chassid, a very big chassid. So I bless all of us that we should figure out how to do Miftsayim, first of all, a little bit, and then more, and then more, and then more. Mm-hmm.